Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Caged In Presents The Coppolas and the Academy. A look back at several Oscar ceremonies in which the Coppola family had a hand in films which are nominated and in some cases won some shiny gold geezers. I'm your host for the evening, Petros Patsilavus, and joining me to question if the Academy got it right, celebrate the Coppola family, and inevitably wade through some murky waters of these awards is the Mario Puzo to my Francis Ford Coppola, the Marlon Brando to my Martin Sheen, the John Casale to my Gene Hackman, the Leaving to my Las Vegas, the Bill Murray to my Scarlett Johansson, the Donald to my Charlie Kaufman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Will Chich. How are you today, Will? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's an honour to be here this evening. Yeah, the the the, the inaugural. Uh, I don't know what these would be. Mm. The the copies, the cages, the the the, the nice. The the a cage. The 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 awards. I don't know the uh, the a cage in 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 e awards. Who fucking knows? But we're doing it. We're rolling. We're on it. Um. First thing I've got to ask you, Will, uh, especially when talking about the Academy Awards, is what's your relationship with the Academy Awards? Are you are you are you, are you an ardent watcher of of these prestigious awards, and what's your kind of feelings towards them as well? Like, have you have you have you waned I, in interest? I unashamedly love it, love it. Uh, since I. I reckon probably the first one I got stayed up and watched was probably when I was 12, like stayed up and watched because I am a cool guy. <laughs> so, yeah, and I've always been a cool guy. So, yeah, I've always, yeah, I always stayed up and watched them. I think I'd say I've missed a handful. And I mean, I, I, I love it. I'm talking the red carpet, the full works. Love it. What I like... Are there any particular ones that you've seen that stand out to you, like kind of years where there's been major upsets or kind of like? Well, 
I mean, have you ever guessed them all? Have you ever like, do you know what I mean, the major categories? Have you ever, have you ever managed to guess them? Never. I don't think every single one, but I'll, I'll make a list. Of course I do. Yeah. Make a little list, write a little list of my predictions or who I think will win and who should win. You know, I mean, it's... yeah, I'm ready for. I'm ready for. I mean, I've got work six thirty Monday morning, so I'm just planning to stay awake. My thought was, don't watch it this year. Don't be silly, Will. You don't need to. But I did that. I wasn't going to watch it last year. But I did. And I would have been <laughs> absolutely furious if I missed it. So, yeah, so I'm going to watch it. But I love it, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, fascinating, it's a fascinating kind of spectacle, isn't it? Because obviously it's like... Well, this is it. This is it. I mean, I get the, the whole... Uh, awards this means nothing it's not the best film and you'll get the people who are like oh it's ridiculous I can't no I love it and it is a spectacle it is a thing you have Jack Nicholson in the front every year I mean someone will do something completely embarrassing or something exciting Latin. not every year but this is why I can't miss it it's, 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 it's almost yeah has, well, what we should say for the audience as well who are listening to this, we are currently suited and abooted for this evening. Mm-hmm. You, you yourself are channeling Jack Nicholson right now, which is an absolute delight. You'll, you'll, you'll see you'll see in the artwork for this episode, mine and Will's outfits. And we are, yeah, we, we are. I look more like I should be selling copious amounts of cocaine in the 1980s, but hey. I love it. If Francis Ford Coppola could wear a, per, a, a, a orange suit to the Academy Awards, yeah. I, I think I can look like uh, one of Tony Montana's henchmen. It's a strong look for you. I love it. <laughs> I think you should do it more often. The, the, but yeah, if a suit and a booted, got the old bubbly on the go. It's really lovely, mate. Is um, yeah, is Jack Nicholson still that kind of elder statesman? Somebody, somebody like is somebody taking his place in in recent years? I think he's still well. I don't because I don't know because he's <clears throat> he's pretty much retired now, isn't he? That's I think Jack's done. So I don't know, but I don't know who would take who would take over from. Jack. I mean, is like he is such an iconic thing of him in the front row at the Oscars every year, the sunglasses, the hair. So I don't know who would. I can't think of anyone who could take his place. Well, it, you kind of got an it's, element of like Denzel doing a bit of like, do you know what I mean? Like daddying to people yeah. last year, the way he kind of like stepped in with yeah. the whole Will Smith debacle. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, that incident, we got to mention it yeah, for all the Oscars, was absolutely. And the World Cup is, because I'm not a sports guy, the World Cup is like. I don't know. What's a sports thing? The FA Cup final for me. I love it. I stay up. I get the beers. I watch it. That slap. What a moment. I was so close to waking Kylie up and going, oh, you're not going to believe what's happened. <laughs> but I didn't. I resisted. But what was fascinating about that whole thing was, it's like I said, I, I stay up and watch it. And we had the full footage. So you can imagine Twitter went into meltdown. Because in other places, I think in America they cut it out, so we didn't see the the Will Smith swearing. 
And um, but it was happening over here, and Twitter was going, "What's happened? Is it a bit? Is it a bit?" No. Oh, so yeah, it was a, it was an absolutely incredible moment. A peach, a peach. regardless of what people, what you, what you, yeah, what you think of it, it was. Yeah, and I think that's that's the way I kind of look at the Academy Awards. Oh, is they are very much a show, and like, do you know what I mean? It, it, like, inevitably, it is it is all fairly meaningless. Do you know what I mean? Like to the to people like me and you, what the Academy are doing and what films are nominated means something to us. And imagine like a lot of people listening to this. But I think your man on the street doesn't really care if there's like a a thing on the poster that says like Oscar winning movie, like not, not like, like, yeah, no. And then also, I suppose like, I'm not, I love my films and I watch a lot of films, but I'm not a massive like film, but it probably is films that have been nominated for Oscars and things in the past, especially when I was younger that I wouldn't have watched. had it not been part of the ceremony. So like I would make it even as a, a cool teenager, I would make it a, 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 a make an effort to watch as many of the films as I could in as many of the categories. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, there's lots of things I probably would never have seen had it not been for the Oscars. So, That's the same, yeah. Same, same. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't mean doesn't mean shit to most people. Oh yeah, but yeah. I love it. And it's got its big issues, right? It's got it's like it's they've awarded. And we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to like problematic people who have been awarded um, yeah. Academy Awards when they they probably shouldn't they probably shouldn't even be in the running. Um, there's obviously Oscars so white, and we're we're really combating that tonight by being two straight white men talking about the Academy Awards and talking about a family yeah. which are all white. <laughs> <laughs> but. That is the cards we are dealt talking about the Coppola family. But before we get to talk about the Coppola family at the Oscars, I wanted to ask you which family, extended family, do you think has the most Oscar wins? I thought about this and I wondered. So I haven't looked because I thought I'm not going to look. The, the Fonders must be up there. It says Jane. So Fonders, but I would imagine it's the Coppolas. So they, they're not. The Fonders but, are quite far down the not. list. But we, okay. we will get to the... Houstons. Again, lower than the Coppolas, the Houstons. Mm. But I think the Coppolas... Uh, yeah, yeah. Coppolas are not number one either. So uh, Coppolas are fourth on the list. They, oh no 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 no! They are joint second on the list. They have less nominations than other families, but have uh, twelve wins. And I think that is just on um, them personally, as opposed to like films they've nice. been involved in, like mm. having nominations. Obviously, we'll get into that when we get into the films we are discussing. But the number one family is the Shearer family. So, Douglas Shearer, Norman, uh, Norma Shearer, and Howard Hawks is an honorary, he's a brother-in-law to that family. Oh. So, um, yeah, he gets in there. Number two on the list is the Newman family. So, Alfred Newman, Randy Newman, Newman, and Lionel Newman. 
and they have a whopping mm-hmm. 76 nominations with 12 wow. wins. Uh, followed again by the Farrow family. Again, 12 wins. Uh, the, fa- the the members that include in that, John Farrow, Frank Sinatra, Adrian Previn, and Woody Allen uh, are, are classed all in that list. And then, yeah, they've got 43 nominations with 12 wins, followed by the Coppola family with 12 wins off of 29 nominations, which feels like a kind of like... As a law of averages, they kind of almost trump the Pharaohs and the Newmans because they've got less nominations but still managed to win. Oh, that's not it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They, do you know what I mean? They basically won 40% of their 29. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nominations. Yeah. I think if you got down to percentages, the, the Coplas are definitely second. Um, so... Uh, yeah, should we have a brief look at the at the kind of overall nominations that the Coppola family have had? So Francis Ford Coppola has had five wins, 14 nominations, and one honorary relationship, which I'm not sure what that is. An honor I think he might have got the honorary one last year for the Godfather turning fifty. Okay, that would make sense, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think he's just got one for, like, services to acting, but or to, to, to directing, basically. Um, mm. Spike Jones is included in the list because he has won one Academy Award for her and then four Academy Award nominations as well. Sophia Coppola, three nominations, one win. Carmine Coppola. Two nominations, one win. David Shire, two nominations, one win. Nicolas Cage, two nominations, one win. Patricia Arquette, again, one nomination, one win for her role in Boyhood, which is post her involvement in the Coppola family, but still, uh, still, still part of it. Yeah, and then um, Roman Coppola as well is nominated. Was nominated for co-writing moonrise kingdom but unfortunately lost out to i believe i think what that year would have been maybe quentin tarantino i can't i can't quite remember if it was normally if if quentin tarantino's doing original script he he normally wins it right (laughs) he's in any yeah so how do we want to tackle the films we're going to talk about which are so the 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 nominate yeah the kind of Oscar ceremonies we'll be discussing tonight are the 1975 ceremony in which The Godfather and The Conversation were nominated, the 1980 award ceremony, which would have been for films from 1979, so that is the year that Apocalypse Now was nominated, the 2004 ceremony, which Lost in Translation was nominated for four Academy Awards, 1995 or the 1996 actual award ceremony with leaving las vegas and the 2003 uh ceremony in which adaptation was nominated so how do we want to do this do we want to mix it about and kind of like do you want me to just pick them at random and then we go we go through them when random mate you go for it okay well let's let's jump off and talk about the 
year in which Apocalypse Now was nominated for the Academy Award. It feels like a film that was had so much drama going into it and was nominated for a whopping eight Academy Awards. How many Academy Awards did this film win, Will? Do you know? Was it... Well, I know it didn't win Best best Picture, which is absolutely mental, considering what it did win for. Uh, What did win that year. And I mean, I didn't... uh, because I do watch the Oscars, but I don't, I don't remember like what it's up against. I remember, always remember the winners, but I was absolutely shocked to see what it lost against. Mm-hmm. So, so it was. Was it? So well, let's, was it six wins? It was two wins out of eight nominations. Two wins. It's two Jeez. wins. So we will this. Uh, we we will get into this. So this is yes the fifty second Academy Awards, which were hosted on April fourteenth, nineteen eighty, at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. So let's get into some of the awards. Uh, the oh yeah, the host for this one was comedian and talk show host Johnny Carson. I wanted to bring up the hosts for them because one of them is fucking hilarious. Uh, considering the film that swept yeah. the board that year, so um, which which yeah, so the 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 categories in which it was nominated, and I'll let you I'll let you pick the first one. Will is sound editing, uh, sound editing, cinematography, art direction, best adapted screenplay, best actor in a supporting role, best director, and best picture. Which one would you like to litigate first? Obviously, we're. For the listeners, we are going to go through and kind of see if time has been generous to this film. Do you know what I mean? Have the sands of time proved that this film probably should have won the Academy Award? Did the Academy get it right, essentially? So which which, which category are we picking first? Let's go with sound. Best sound editing. Let's... Go for it. So, best sound editing is. Oh, you've picked a doozy here, my friend. Because the nominees for this film are The Rose, Meteor, The Electric Horseman, 1941, and Apocalypse Now. Which film do you think won this? Um, won this category. Apocalypse Now. Yeah, baby. I mean, too, didn't it? I mean, a little, I, I saw Apocalypse Now uh, quite a long time ago, probably too young to appreciate it properly. And then when they released the final cut, I went to see it. I thought we're going to, it was showing, where where I live, they don't tend. We've got two cinemas. They don't tend to do the reissues and things. But Apocalypse Now was showing, so I thought, right, I'm going to go. So me and my mate went. And, oh, it's a banger in it. Yeah, it's so good. And this, understandably, the sound one because it it's fucking incredible. 
my friend won't appreciate me telling this story, but I'm going to tell her anyway. He had a panic attack in Apocalypse Now during the long Marlon Brando story because it was so intense. He just disappeared. So, <laughs> where's he gone? I thought he's got this is a weird time to go to the toilet. Gone. 20 minutes later, he came back and sat down. So, when he came out, I was like, what? Are you all right? He said, nah, it's too intense. Too intense. And he had a full, had to get out of it. Wow. So, and, and part of the reason was because he, he said it was just so, the sound and stuff was so oppressive. And it was just, because we were in quite a small, and yeah, it just, um, so yeah, I that, can understand why it wasn't. That, yeah, it gave that's, someone a panic attack. Yeah, that's the mark of it, right? So the, the, the people yeah. responsible for, for the sound in this mm. film are longtime Francis Ford Coppola collaborator, Walter Murch, Mark Berger, Richard Beggs, and Nat Boxer. I think... I'm going to say that, yeah, time has proven that this was the right was the right call because I think apart from 1941, I don't think I've heard of any of those other films. And th- th- some of that is probably my ignorance, do you know what I mean, like to 1979 movies, but there are other films nominated in this, it, at these awards that I'm a lot more au fait with than I am with any of those, really. Yeah, 1941's the... Is that the Spielberg movie? No. Yes. Yes, it is the Spielberg movie. Oh, yeah, of course it is. I was thinking, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. His, his comedy. Yes. His, his flop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comedy in the loosest possible term. <laughs> so, yeah. where shall we go next? Um, Shall we go for best adapted screenplay? So yeah. the nominees for well, best screenplay based on material from another medium are Norma Ray, A Little Romance, Le Cage à Falls, which is uh, the original which Birdcage, the Birdcage is based off of. Yeah, so and Kramer versus Kramer and Apocalypse Now. What do you think won this category, Will? Well, I think Apocalypse Now should have won, but I don't think it did. This category went to Kramer versus Kramer. Which is a bit of a... Oscars is a bit of a tradition where you can kind of judge if it's a adapted screenplay is it wins adapted screenplay. There's a solid chance, not always, but there's a bit of a chance, a solid chance it's going to go on to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I- I didn't, in I, this case, but whether I, I lost some of you there, Will. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, um, so, but no, there's a position where best adapted screenplay tends to go on to win best screen and um, best picture, which quite often is not the correct decision. And as we've just learned, that this uh, Kramer versus Kramer won best adapted screenplay. So, yeah. 
Well, I don't want to. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna go through that um, line of thought because it will ruin the proceedings. Um, do you know what? I'm gonna admit here. I've never seen Kramer versus Kramer. I no, I should, but there's something about it. Like it's a, what a film about divorce and. Uh, as a child of divorce, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure. it, yeah, I'm not sure if it's like. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, it's and it's not apocalypse now, is it? <laughs> you know that is true. No, I. I don't think. I well, if I have seen it, it hasn't stuck in my mind. Therefore, you know, I can't remember much about it apart from it. Like you say, being the divorced, the who's going to keep the kids film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dustin Hoffman, that's all I know about it. So, speaking of Dustin Hoffman, was best, yeah, was nominated for best actor. Let's go to best actor in a supporting role. So, the nominees for this category are Mickey Rooney in The Black Stallion, a film which was produced by Francis Ford Coppola and had music by Carmine Coppola, Justin Henry in Kramer vs. Kramer, Melvin Douglas in Being There, uh, Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now, and Frederick Forrest in The Rose. Which actor do you think won this category, Will? Um, oh, they, no, I haven't checked, but I thought it was Robert Duval. Am I incorrect? Yes, it was Melvin Douglas in Being There, a film which was produced by... Um, Jack Jack Swartzman, so has has a Coppola connection to it. But, okay, um, so a Coppola, a Coppola did kind of uh, benefit from this in some way. But um, and being there is a being good, there is the Peter Sellers movie. Yeah, yeah Peter Sellers. Movie. Yeah, yeah, and it is it is a good movie. And I think you can probably more deserving, right? Because Melvin Douglas is in that film a lot yeah. more than Navao is literally in it for like a scene. He delivers a speech and then it's gone, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, he's nominated for a great scene more than a supporting role, really. It's like, and that that does happen quite often as well. well where, as, as we look at this year, and obviously this episode would be going out post exactly, Oscars, would, but we've got Judd Hirsch yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Who is it's fantastic in the Fablemans for the short time he's in it, but he's in the film less than maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, and I mean, it, it happens quite often. And again, like you say, it, it, it's funny, I thought, I yeah, today I just literally, last night saw the Fablemans and I absolutely loved it. But he is not really a supported role. Like you say, he's he's nominated for a great scene. And he's kind of getting the nomination, the Judd Hirsch nomination for being Judd Hirsch, mm-hmm. which does happen occasionally. Because I'm saying anything, but there's a chance he may not be nominated again. So yes, his performance is given. So let's 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 nominate him, and that that happens. But there's nothing wrong with that. But he he's, he's not going to win. <laughs> and I suppose it's a similar situation here. You know, it's the Robert Duvall Award for being Robert Duvall and being great. And I believe Robert Duvall's got one, right? He's surely got to have an Academy Award. He must do, yeah. Surely. 
So which one do you want to pick next? Editing, cinematography, art direction, director or picture? Let's go. Cinematography. Cinematography. Sorry, you've got the sound of a man scrolling through the internet right now. So the nominees for this category are Apocalypse Now, 1941, All That Jazz, The Black Hole, um, and Kramer versus Kramer. Do any films on that list stick out to you? Because I recently watched All That Jazz. I'm not sure if you've seen that, the Bob Fosse movie. Don't think I have, no. It is fantastic. It's Roy Scheider. Is it? It's, yeah, I picked it up in like a CEX on DVD, uh, real cheap. And it's, it's essentially Roy Schneider playing a fictionalized version of Bob Fosse, directing a movie whilst directing a like Broadway production at the same time. He's kind of got like dependencies on prescription drugs and stuff like that. And there's these like amazing moments every day. Like when it's like a new day, you just have this him popping his pills, getting ready for the day. And he just looks in the mirror and goes, it's showtime folks. And it's like kind of, nice. it's Roy Schneider as you've ever, as you've never seen him. Do you know what I mean? He's like kind of like, quite flamboyant and kind of like upbeat and like a a complete kind of contrast from uh, Jaws. And it's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's kind of like this fanciful dream. Yeah. It essentially descends into like an extended dream sequence for the last like 45 minutes. And it's kind of part musical, part kind of drugged out daydream dealing with death and like working yourself to the bone which i think is like even if you aren't a film director and a like uh yeah a director of broadway is is totally relatable especially like living in the times we are living now where it's like you've got to work every hour under the sun baby to get that money no so i'm sold i'm gonna watch that perfect because I don't, on that description, I don't know why I haven't watched it. I think I thought it was probably a different type of film. So, same here. So, yeah, same I don't watch it. Same here. So, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, um, which of those films do you think won for the Academy Award for Best Cinematography? On that description, because did all that jazz win? No, that would have been a real that would have been a real savvy move. Like, yeah. it's got great cinematography. Yeah. It, uh, it could it could it could have easily have won. No, the um, do you want me to? I don't... Yeah, go on. The, the winner was Vittorio um, Storaro for Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now won. It was Apocalypse yes. Now, was it? That doesn't make total sense. But for some reason, I had in my head that it didn't win. But yeah, no, it, it that is the correct decision. So that 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 takes another one off the board. Well, it's two wins are off the board. So let's get into some yeah. let's get into some serious litigation, and we'll work up from editing, art direction, director, and picture. We'll work up in that order just because 
seems to be yeah uh not the least important because that that is diminishing those those categories but like especially in popular parlance that seems to be the way do you know what i mean some years they don't even broadcast the the, the technicals so let's let's be yeah. ourselves like the broadcasters of the academy awards uh so best editing went to all that jazz which i think rightfully like it's got some fantastic editing in it it's kind of really frenetic and yeah as i said like it's got this through line all the way through and it kind of throws you off at the beginning it has roy schneider sat with jessica lane in these kind of jessica lang in these i don't know it's like an old abandoned theater just having these conversations and it's basically his character like speaking to like the angel of death essentially like and it kind of you have like these weird flashes between that and like what's going on and stuff like that and it's just kind of yeah it's some fun some fantastic editing in it this film sounds great why haven't i watched it because, because you thought it was because you thought it was a, an all tap dance all sing all dance musical i, I did um, i thought it was more about jazz and tap dancing I'm not, I'm not a fan of jazz it's got dancing in it i'll give you that but uh i'll do my dancing I, I prefer dancing to jazz it's got some very got some very sexually charged dancing in it i'll tell you that for sure there is a kind of extended sequence in the middle which is like Oh, oh, you're you're pulling your collar because it's it's heating up. It's heating up. Sold. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of want to watch all that jazz again now. I've kind of talked myself myself into it. So art direction. Let's look at the nominees for best art direction. So we had Star Trek, The Motion Picture, The China Syndrome, Apocalypse Now, Alien, and the winner for this category was all that jazz again kind of talked about the editing in it yeah it's got it's got amazing mm. art direction as well like as i've explained like that kind of abandoned theater and when we get into like the dream sequences it's kind of like on a sound stage and stuff like that and it's all really crazy and fun and ridiculous and yeah it's yeah you can you can see why that why that got it um Best director. Do you want to hazard a guess at who won by best director just on just on the conversation we've had so far? Well, it's whoever directed Kramer versus Kramer, isn't it? Well, let me let me take you through. So we have it's- Eduardad Molinero for La Caja La Four. Uh, Peter Yates for Breaking Away, Francis Ford Coppola for Apocalypse Now, Bob Fosse for All That Jazz, and our winner, Robert Benton for Kramer versus Kramer. See, this seems to me from like I didn't know the, I didn't know much about All That Jazz. I knew about Apocalypse Now. From what you've said about all that jazz, it would be between all that jazz and Apocalypse Now, and neither one. Because well, from what I know about Kramer versus Kramer, I mean, it's one of those weird Oscar things. I mean, I, 
Apocalypse Now is directed the shit out of. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it. I don't know. It seems just these. There's a film that has a year, and it was obviously let's do what we need to do with the other films, and then give it to the divorce film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's like the ultimate Oscar baity film, right? It's it's emotionally charged. Yeah. It's it's like a. Do you know what I mean in moments you imagine it's like a two-hander, three-hander between uh, Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep, and the kid? Do you know what I mean? And these these talk tense things. Oh. It's basically it's basically nineteen seventies uh, marriage story. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even if it not even not having seen it, it sounds it's got Oscar written all over it. Streep Hoffman. Divorce. <laughs> courtrooms. Like, Jimmy, yeah. it's got courtroom drama vibe. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. But I mean, I suppose uh, uh, maybe with the apocalypse now fit and the, 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 the issues surrounding it and the controversy, with it, maybe that doesn't help on occasions with these things. But yeah, you, you do have years where, it's a nailed on thing where you go, you can go down the list and go, yeah, that's, yeah, that's your Oscar film right there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like a, there's an element with it. And I remember Francis Ford Coppola, there's an amazing clip of him on set. And like, imagine when that, when stuff like going on the set went back to the, the do you know I mean, mm-hmm. like the LA press and the kind of, the, the Academy essentially, they probably thought like, fucking hell, like this guy's got, his lead actor having a heart attack on set and stuff like that. There's like a clip of him saying like, like berating somebody being like, I can't believe this has got back to, back to the U S that this has happened. Like he's like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's, he's like, if he dies, like, I don't want you to say anything to anyone until I've told you that he's died. I don't ever want to hear, like you don't, you don't tell me that he's died. I tell you that he's died kind of thing. And there's like, I imagine that probably went against him because the, the, the sounds of the production, they're probably like, is he the best director? Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's basically spent two years in the jungle, like losing his mind, which like, I don't know, arguably you could say the fact he managed to come out of that alive shows that yeah maybe maybe he was a pretty solid director but at the same time like uh, <laughs> he's not very frugal with money and kind of went on a grand folly to do that film but what a yeah. fucking film it is a great film and i i, I don't think, that where, uh, i think the fact it didn't win i did, yeah i should have mentioned it when we talked about editing the fact it didn't win best editing I think even Francis Ford Coppola would probably agree with that because what he's chopped the film up twice since. Do you know what I mean? He did the ring yeah, dance, yeah. and now he's done the final cut. So like, even he wasn't the happy with cut. the film at the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the it's it's the final cut I saw, and I I I, I couldn't tell you what cut I saw before that. I think probably Redux, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So but I. Yeah, think- I, I I think it goes like theatrical is like a cut that like, do you know what I mean? Like the most cuts redux is just everything in the kitchen sink back in. And then final cut is somewhere in between. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just kind of extend I've got it a the, little bit. 
So I went to see it again, the final cut. I bought the the Blu-ray box set with I think it's got yeah, I think it's got three cuts in it. So I'm assuming it's the theatrical redux and then final. It must be. But I've only ever I, I only remember seeing the final. But I went, I might go back and watch. I was thinking about it today when I was looking at these things and I saw it on the shelf I thought I could quietly watch it again. Maybe I'll watch a different cut. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, so best picture, the nomination, the nominees, the nominations, the, blah, 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 blah. the nominees for this category are Norma Ray, Breaking Away, Apocalypse Now, All That Jazz, and Kramer versus Kramer. What do you think won this category, Will? Kramer versus Kramer. Yes. Yes, it was. It was Kramer versus Kramer. See, on paper, this looks like a year that is Kramer versus Kramer versus all that jazz because they're both the most yeah. highly nominated um, films, both with nine nine nominations between them. So both of them trump Apocalypse Now, which is it's fucking crazy, right? Because I, mean, I, I imagine if you ask people out of all three of those, which film has stood the test of time most? I know that Kramer versus Kramer has got its like ardent supporters, but if you if you did like a kind of family fortunes poll in the street, I think the top answer is going to be Apocalypse Now, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, again, also with this, I mean, Apocalypse Now is an amazing film, but it's also Bat shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's it's there's some stuff in there that is really out there, which is not especially maybe maybe not as much now. But the the Oscars, the Academy, don't tend to go for the batshit stuff. And I mean, <laughs> it's a long old mad film, Apocalypse Now. It's mad, so. It kind of makes sense that doesn't make sense. Apocalypse Now is an, a fucking incredible film, and I have no interest in ever watching Kramer versus Kramer. It's just well, I can understand. I, I can see how it won in the eyes of the Academy. It's it, it's got Dustin Hoffman in it. It's got Mel Streep in it. It's like you say, it's an issues film. And I would imagine, like I say, I can't, I haven't seen it, but I can't imagine there's many freakouts in a jungle in Kramer versus Kramer. So, yeah, it makes sense. It's wrong, but it makes sense. Perfect. Well, um, yeah, I think we've we've established with that one that the the film that stands the test of time out of all those is Apocalypse Now, right? Like you said, there's it's it's kind of in the canon of some of the great one of the greatest movies ever made so uh yeah i think i think the coppola's even though it only got two two awards kind of time has proven that francis won that do you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah so let's now move to the the 68th academy award ceremony which would have taken place on March 25th, 1996. The award show was hosted by Whoopi Goldberg for her second time. And the 
again, was held at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles. The most nominated film was Braveheart with 10 nominations. But the film we are here to talk about is Leaving Las Vegas, which was nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Director, Best Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Actor for our boy, Nicholas Cage. Which of the categories would you like to go for first? Should we, should, should, should we hold off on the one that we know is a surefire bet? <laughs> yes, let's go. Uh... Yeah, go actress, I think. So, yeah. Well, like you say, we'll hold off on the the big one, the so, actress. So, yeah. So, actress in this award is uh, the nominees are Emma Thompson in Sense and Sensibility, Meryl Streep in The Bridges of Madison County, Elizabeth Shue for Leaving Las Vegas, Sharon Stone in The Casino. Susan Sarandon in Dead Man Walking. Would you like to hazard a guess as to the winner of this category? Sharon Stone, Casino. No, it's actually Susan Sarandon in Dead Man Walking. I thought Sharon Stone won won an Oscar. Well, there we are. I think Sharon Stone, like, I've, again, it's probably playing into my ignorance. I don't think I've ever seen Dead Man Walking. I know it's a, it's directed by Tim Robbins, of all people. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, I, I have seen Dead Man Walking, and it is, again, not say, but, yeah, I, I it's an Oscar, it's an Oscar performance. I think, if I remember rightly, you know, um, Susan Strandon is yeah. I, I, I can get. I just for some reason I thought Sharon Stone won for Casino, but obviously not. Which you would have think you would have thought it would have been the case, right? Because she is mm. she is dynamite in that film. As much as like Elizabeth uh, Shue is fantastic in yeah yeah in Leaving Las Vegas because it is like one of those. I guess it's something we see a lot more now, right? Somebody who's been pigeonholed into a certain genre, like she's she was kind of like this teen idol, and then like did something where it's like super dark and different, and like yeah. it's definitely the type of thing that like grabs the academy's attention, right? Of being like, oh yeah, I'm I'm not this is this ain't no adventures in babysitting anymore. Do you know what I mean? This is like oh. adventures in taking care of an alcoholic. Yeah, and you forget with Elizabeth Shoes. It's funny because we were watching um, uh, Karate Kid the other day. It was on. The kids were watching it. And you forget that it's Elizabeth Shoe and how many of those, like you say, teen things she was in and that was her thing. And then, yeah, so leaving Las Vegas is a departure from that. And she is great. She is because I haven't, I hadn't seen Leaving Las Vegas for a long time, and I watched it last year, maybe, mm-hmm. for the first time in ages. And she is, 
She is great in it. Yeah, she's fantastic. Like, I like, I love her in that. And uh, yeah, she. I don't know. I don't like. I don't know if she did. I don't know. I I, I think I think just because I've seen the Sharon Stone performance in Casino a lot more, and that kind of mm. kind of lives rent free in my brain. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like. But it's, I, Meryl but that Sharon Stone feels, performance is big. Something the academy is like really does stick in your mind, isn't it? Yeah, but it's almost something the academy doesn't like, right? Because she is big, she's brash, mm. so it's kind of like a weird one. It kind of feels like the safe bet is either like an Emma Thompson for Sense and Sensibility or Meryl Streep in The Bridges of Madison County. Do you know what I mean? Like they're kind of they're very awardsy um, Sunday afternoon movies, like that that, that you'd imagine yeah. the academy would and- lap up. I'm not saying this is the case, but you again, you do have these occasions where someone is nominated and possibly should have been nominated for something else. And there's a slight chance to go, well, we do love her. And so it's yeah. almost the Susan Sarandon award for being Susan Sarandon. Yeah, we should regardless have been somewhere else. else. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the classic. Yeah, it's a classic departed Scorsese yeah. win, right? It's like uh, we should have we should have really given you this this years ago, but we gave it to you. Same with Denzel Washington. I mean, Training Day is great. He's great in Training Day. Is it Denzel Washington's best film? Is it his best performance? No. Mm-hmm. I watched it again the other day, and to be honest, it's like. It's not one of my favourite Denzel Washington performances, but that year it was the year that we were they, almost the Academy went. Well, this this, this year we're giving Denzel Washington yeah, yeah. the award. You paid your yeah, dues. so yeah, yeah. you know there there could be a case of that with the Susan Sarandon thing where it's it was her turn. Hmm. Well, let's let, let let's jump to a big category here, which is best director. So the nominees for this are Michael Radford for The Postman, Mike Figgis for Leaving Las Vegas, Mel Gibson for Braveheart, Chris Noonan for Babe. Let's let's not forget that this is the year that Babe was nominated for not only Best Director, but Best Picture in the Academy Awards. And Tim Robbins for Dead Man Walking. Which film do you think took Best Director? Do you know? This might have been one of the years you watched it, right? It's Braveheart, you, isn't it? It's Braveheart's fucking year, baby. Yeah, Braveheart yeah. took home five, no. five awards this year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Mel Gibson, isn't it? <laughs> fucking Mel Gibson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mel Gibson. And like, Braveheart, I haven't seen Braveheart. Mel Gibson. But he can direct a film. Yeah, that is, it's an annoying thing, right? He's a piece of shit, I mean, but he can do he, I mean, he is an absolute piece of shit, but he can make a film. I mean, Apocalypto is an absolute banger. I mean, it's a fucking great film. 
And like Braveheart, I like I say, I haven't seen Braveheart for a long time. Like it's got issues, and I mean, it's not the probably not the best film that year or best directed film that year. But it was the Mel Gibson. Uh-huh. It's the Braveheart year, and that happens. A, a film has a year where you can say you can you can watch it and you've seen it happen and go, okay, really does it? There's a shock when certain categories are won. You go, right? I see what's happening here. So yeah. So let's talk about best screenplay based on material previously produced or published. The nominations for this category are The Postman, Leaving Las Vegas, Babe, Sense and Sensibility, and Apollo 13. Which film do you think won this category? I would imagine Sense and Sensibility. And you guessed correctly, my friend. Yeah, this is Emma Thompson's big win. Um, yeah, her Academy Award win. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of it's it's ticking all the boxes, right? It's a it's a Jane Austen adaptation. It's kind yeah, of like... it's Emma Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. Uh, yeah, it was going to be wasn't it because, like you say, it's a, it's an absolute box ticker. It's Emma Thompson. It's British, mm-hmm. and they, they like to give us something. So, yeah, that makes sense. The fact that, like, Leaving Las Vegas is even nominated. Like, Leaving Las Vegas is a weird one because I think it is a film in itself that, like, is something that we see nowadays as well. And I guess it kind of probably has always been a thing with the Oscars where there are low-budget films that kind of, like, seep through the cracks because of the i don't know just the the actor in the lead role kind of goes through some turmoil right it's the it's the whole like i don't know like yeah we see it was like brendan fraser this year it's like oh like do you know what i mean he's 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 in a he's in a fat suit or which i think like dallas buyers club with matthew mcconaughey it's like he's lost loads of weight like and you kind of you kind of see it throughout throughout history of like they love suffering like the academy loves suffering and it's like i i guess leaving las vegas does kind of tick that box i imagine cage wasn't absolutely fucking hammered throughout it but like i imagine mentally had to go to some dark places and maybe on his own time i believe he actually did get shit-faced drunk to kind of get in that headspace i was going for mm. so like yeah imagine as much the campaigning is as much like kind of part of it as well like cage doing interviews talking about yeah like oh, to get into this role I, I just had to drink myself into a stupor do you know what i mean like you know, people would have gone oh, he's so, yeah. oh he's yeah he's a he's, he's, he's a starving uh, i'm a starving artist as uh, Al Pacino said in the offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the offer. I know. I'm not, I'm not a starving artist. I'm a, I'm a starving actor. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do love, they do love, like you say, a bit of suffering and a body change or a, yeah, like you say, Dallas Buyers Club, um, anything where someone is, really gone through the ringer 
Mm-hmm. It's more, uh, I know, yeah, it's more award for the art of acting and going through that than anything else. It's the process and, yeah. more than the product, the right? Process. The process, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the process is getting awarded, not maybe the pro- the end product. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. arguably acting, like acting in its purest form is, I don't need the bells and whistles. I will make you believe it irregardless. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I will, as a, I will, as a 10 stone man, I will, yeah, like looking at me, I will make you believe that I am really skinny and stuff like that. But obviously like, for the for the song and dance of yeah. it, and for the story, yeah, people have to you know, do the Christian Bale. Do you know what I mean? Like getting absolutely super skinny, super shredded, and all over the place, super fat if the role like requires it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, going way. through the whole full method. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Hoffman route because he loves a bit of method. Yeah, try and he's, try acting, darling. As, uh, as yeah, Lawrence Olivier. John Gilgood, isn't it? Oh, Lawrence Olivier, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the so, marathon. Have you tried acting? <laughs> yeah, lovely stuff. Absolutely lovely stuff. Well, let's get yeah. to the biggie here, which is Best Actor, and the right. nominees for this are Massimo Troisi for The Postman, Sean Penn for Dead Man Walking, Anthony Hopkins for Nixon, and Richard Dreyfus for Mr. Holland's Opus as well as Nicolas Cage for Leaving Las Vegas. Shall I just play you a clip to show you who won this, won this, won this, will you? Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Three and a half million dollar budget, some 16 millimeter uh, film stock thrown in, and I'm holding one of these. I have got to thank the members of the Academy for this for including me in this group of super talents and, and for helping me blur the line between art and commerce with this award. I, uh, I uh, well, I, I know it's not hip to say it, but I just love acting and I hope that, uh, I hope that there will be more encouragement for uh, alternative movies where we can experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Let me thank the awesome, multi-talented Mike Figgis. My incredible, my incredible, amazing co-star, Elizabeth Shue. I am, I am going to share this award with both of you and uh, 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 the late John O'Brien, whose spirit moved me so much. Tony Dingman, Annie Stewart, the producers, Annie Stewart, Stewart Regan, everyone at MGA, uh, MGM UA, I'm sorry, and Lumiere. I'd like to thank Ed Lamato, my colleagues, Jerry Harrington, Jeff Levine, Richard Lovett, and uh, uh, everyone in my family, my gorgeous wife, Patricia. And I just finally want to say, hi, Weston, it's Daddy. I love you. Thank you. So that was, of course, Nicholas fucking Cage. A deserved Oscar win, Will. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he is great in it. And... Like we've said, if it's going to be, if he was going to win for anything of that, it's going to be that film because of the process and it's Nicolas Cage. Maybe Nicolas Cage is time to, and he is, that's not to take away from the fact that he is great in it. He is great in Leaving Las Vegas. 
so but i i I think this was really a turning point in his career he wasn't hmm. particularly like the biggest name in hollywood at that point he was kind of like i think up until this point like nobody really knew where he was going like you kind of look at his filmography up until this point he's like he's still figuring it out and like the arguably he's never really figured it out i don't think there is like an archetypal nicholas cage role it's just like this one this one gold yeah and it's probably it's probably the essentially of both nicholas cages because that crazy stuff he does to get into the role like the vampires kiss stories and stuff it's just stuff of legend and blah, blah blah but then it's kind of like the perfect Oscar film as well because he is doing his Nicolas Cage thing when he got apparently got blind drunk to get into the mindset, but also gives a is given an issue performance. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the best of the both worlds for the Oscars. He's he's doing something that is an issue film, a serious film, an Oscar-y film, but also doing his Nicolas Cage yeah, thing when he, he gets goes, he gets the wig out. in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it. it it ticks all the boxes for them to give the award to Nicolas Cage. Well, I, I, I love that he, he, he's got an Academy Award for a film where he says, like, I'm a prickly peach, or, like, I'm a prickly pear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is it, yeah. I mean, he, he gets yeah, it's a great film for him to be... He gets yeah, that freakouts, right, as well, and they're, they're in character yeah, exactly. and they're he, earned. He still gets to do... He, he's still Nicolas Cage. It's because it's not an understated performance. It's not like he's, and it's not a, it's not an Oscar performance, which you do get sometimes. Where so, um, you're crazy. Like I don't know, for example, like Jim Carrey, who's famous for being Jim Carrey, then goes, "I'm making my film that's going to get me an Oscar," and he's the dramatic role, and it's the opposite of what he's known for. So we go, "Oh my God, it's amazing." He deserves an Oscar for being not him. Yeah. Whereas this is a Nicholas Cage performance because, like you say, he does have those weird lines and he does have these wig outs, but he's also really fucking good. Yeah. And ticking the boxes where he, like you say, enjoyed the process. But yeah, it makes sense he won. Yeah. And rightly so. It feels like a good. It feels. It feels like a good one for him to win for, for for those reasons. Yeah, in, 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 entirely. It's kind of Richard Dreyfus was livid. <laughs> what for? Mr. That is an Os. Yeah, because that's an Oscar film. That is Mr. Holland's it's, Opus. It's a good little yeah. film. It's a good little film, mate. But he would have, like, it's a, it's an Oscar bait film. He goes through it. Richard Dreyfus goes through a journey, and it's a big. <laughs> at the end, it's all. He goes through the journey, and at the end, it's a big uplifting and students are crying because they get to play Mr. Holland's always. I I bet he was livid. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't have shown it, but... I didn't... I yeah, did, good yeah. for Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't remember seeing if they cut to Richard Dreyfuss on the footage. Well, I, should, I, I, I should have checked that. I should have... Yeah, I always love that. I always love the... And we'll get to, we'll get to a great... Um, a great kind of gag in in a kind of uh losing an oscar and like they cut to the reaction because there's a great one coming up but um well we'll, we'll, we'll get to it very shortly because let's now move to the 76th 
Academy Awards, which took place on February 29th, 2004, at the Kodak Theatre in Hollywood, Los Angeles, and was hosted by Billy Crystal in his eighth time hosting the Oscars. A lot of people always say... Bring back Billy Crystal. Get him to get him to get him to just host all of them because he's he's uh, he really smashes out. He's of the really park. good, babe. Yeah, he's good. He's always good. I can love Billy Crystal anyway. Yeah, but yeah, he's always good. And the film we are talking about because these are films that were released in the year two thousand and three. The film we are talking about is Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation, which was nominated for four Academy Awards and one one so the categories in which it was nominated were best picture best director original screenplay and best actor for bill murray which category would you like to litigate first will let's go best actor so the nominees for best actor this year were sean penn in mystic river Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Ben Kingsley in House of Land and, uh, Sand and Fog. Jude Law in Cold Mountain. And Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. Who do you think won this category? I'm trying to remember, and I can't remember. But it wasn't Bill Murray, I don't think. Uh, was it was it Johnny Depp? No, it wasn't Johnny Depp, surely. No, it was Sean Penn for Mystic River. Oh, yeah, again, yeah, Mystic. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he's a troubled yeah. character, he's a troubled guy, he's, he's troubled a troubled guy, and Mystic River is a lot. Yeah, it's a Clint Eastwood film. Do you know what I mean? Like, Heavy. Big Clint. Yeah. He's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's gonna be nominated. Yeah. I think uh, the the film that was well, <laughs> the film with most nominations this year was Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, and we all think we all know how that one went for for that film. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like Mystic River was kind of up there in some of the the big categories. Obviously, Sean Penn, uh, best director. Clint's there. It was best picture as well. Um, it's probably one of those years. Let's be honest. If Lord of the Rings didn't, ex- it wasn't the Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings film Third being nominated for being mm-hmm. big Lord of the Rings. It would have been Mystic Rivers year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mystic Rivers is an absolute box ticker. Like for the Academy, it's just Lord of the Rings. Well, some of the there. categories that. It is nominated for, like, that Lord of the Rings isn't. So, yeah, Best Actor, Best Supporting, both go to Mystic River. So I think, like, in its in its kind of categories where it's not up against competition with Lord of the Rings, kind of did, did sweep the board. Um, but the best, yeah. So Bill Murray. Bill Murray is who I was talking about. So have you ever seen the footage of Bill Murray at these Academy Awards? When he when he loses, I don't think I have. So like he had been on a hot streak. So he had like literally SAG Awards, BAFTA, just like do you know what I mean everything across the board. Golden Globe, he'd won it all. And then when it came to the Oscars night, when it was announced that it was Sean Penn, 
Bill Murray comically got out of his seat, like walked out of the auditorium, and then just like walked back, kind of going like, ah, "I'm only kidding." Like, <laughs> yeah. Which like lovely stuff. Yeah, like obviously Bill Murray is a a questionable character in his own right. Obviously, in in, in recent times, we've some stories that have come out about Bill Murray that kind of paint him in a not so pleasant light. Do you know what I mean? Like. Who would have thought it that it was Bill Murray was the reason that Aziz Ansari film got cancelled? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do you think the, do you think the Academy got it right? Do you think that anyone else is more deserving than Sean Penn and Mystic River, or do you think like for the Academy and who they are? Like I don't know which film do you think has stood the test of time more? Obviously, this is more of a recent movie, like. What kind of is more in the public conscience? Is, is it Lost in Translation or is it Mystic River? I mean, Lost in Translation is in... Yeah, it probably is in the conscience more and it's more talked about. But I'm not the biggest... The, the, like, I know Lost in Translation has... It's fans like huge fans of it also as people who can hate it i'm a, somewhere in the middle I, I i think it's a fine film i haven't seen mystic river for a long time but i do remember watching mystic river and thinking i mean that's good mm-hmm. it's a good film and there's performances like tim Ro- i think yeah tim robbins is in it as well yeah uh sean penn tim robbins and they're they're really good in it and i mean bill murray is great in lost in translation but he's Bill Murray. It feels like that was the only time he would have ever won an Academy Award, right? Yeah. Maybe that or and like it... Broken Flowers, if that was even nominated. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They feel like Which the, is... the two films were like he was pushing yeah. for it at least. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, Saint which Vincent is maybe it's... on like an off chance, but like, which is a, like a kind of beautiful yeah. Bill Murray performance, but like he is still kind of doing, I think all of them that, that, the trouble with Bill Murray is he very easily falls into the Bill Murray shtick. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, I mean... The, yeah, Bill Murray is Bill Murray. I can't... Even... And that's the thing. He, even in Lost in Translation, he is just doing his Bill Murray thing. And like you say, but if he was going to win anything, which is quite... In a way, it is surprising he didn't, considering he won most other things, it's surprising he didn't win the Oscar for being Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Like we've said before, the, the the Bill Murray Award for being Bill Murray. And it's a different gear of Bill Which Murray, surprised- right? Because it's, it's Bill Murray yeah. doing, I don't know, like the sad clown version of Bill Murray as opposed to the kind of on. He's not the Peter Venkman Bill Murray. He's not the kind of like... Sarcastic, sardonic, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of got, he's got traces of that, but he's like a lot more kind of hang, like more hang dog than he usually is. And he's kind of like hmm. a bit more like, what does that guy do when he's in his spare time? And that's kind of the gear he's in for Lost in Translation. Yeah, and I mean, there's... In Lost in Translation, Bill Murray's always got. Although he, he, he plays great arsehole, Bill Murray, and he, he is. A, that's what he does because he's an arsehole in Ghostbusters. Although he's fucking funny, 
That well, from what we've heard, he, really he might not has, be acting too much. Well, yeah, <laughs> the process. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's in Lost in Translation, there is a melancholic edge to him, and that yeah, sad edge, which you don't get with Bill Murray performances normally. So yeah, I'm surprised he didn't win because, like you say, the chances of that happening again as proved. It hasn't happened. But there must be a reason they went for Sean. Sean Penn, wasn't it? Sean yeah, Penn. Sean Penn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Sean Penn is Sean Penn. He, he gives good acting. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big time. He's an, in, he's, an in, he's an intense little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a question, another questionable guy. Like, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That is the thing of the Oscars. Just questionable fucking guys. Uh, yeah, they the do. Board. Yeah. So let's go to the two big categories for this, and then we'll get to original screenplay. So do you want to go director or picture first and kind of get these out of the way? Because well, I think we know what won both of those. Director. Director. So the nominations are Clint Eastwood for Mystic River, Peter Weir for Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, uh, Fernando Mireles for City of God, Sofia Coppola for Lost in Translation, and... Peter Jackson for The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's The Lord of the Rings, you have to be in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and like, I mean, this plays into the thing we're talking about, right? It's like, it, this kind of is like, oh, it's the last film in the trilogy. Fuck, we better, we, yeah. better, we better basically give them all the awards for the whole trilogy. <laughs> yeah, and this is like, like I said, I, I love the Oscars. I'm like, I, I, I don't care. It's, but this is where it does mean nothing because like you say Lord of the Rings was going to win because it was the last Lord of the Rings film it was massive mm -hmm. and they had, hadn't really not not acknowledged it but the awards had been it was the year where they were going to go we're going to recognise this big old beast of a film now and treat it like one film this is the year this is the only time we can do it so give it the, the big guns. So you see, because reading those again, take Lord of the Rings out of the equation. That's a that's some fucking solid films there. Yeah. Like so, like City of God is an absolute banger. Yeah. Like it's an amazing film. And like take yeah, you take Lord of the Rings out of the equation, and that's 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 a that's a, a year where you they Easily, you could argue a few of those could have won, mm -hmm. but it was Lord of the Rings year. Yeah, it was always going to be right. It's kind of like yeah. I don't. I think like City God is like one of those like I don't know in in memory of like one of those big international films kind of crossing over, right? Do you know what I mean? Like especially in recent yeah, yeah. memory, like. Well, yeah, like in, in in another year where Lord of the Rings didn't exist, that City of God could have easily been the the not the upset, but the the shock win because it is it was at the the, the momentum of that film and people talking about it, and because it was an international foreign film, and it was a easily could have been that shock win, and right so because it is a fucking incredible film, and I think I, I'd like. And and if you think about it, like that is a movie that was made three point three million dollars compared to Lord of the Rings. 
uh, Return of the King, which was $94 million. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and the fact that it's even like at the same table is fucking yeah. insane. Do you know what I mean? It's no, it's wild. <laughs> and it, it, the, the, the content of City of God is, well, I remember it being like, um, advertise like the, the campaign, the build up when it, it started getting word of mouth was it's the like the um, good fellas, and but it's a fucking frenetic, great film. Mm. Would it have, would it have won? I don't know because it's it's a heavy film, there's it's a fucking heavy film, but it's a great film, yeah. I think, I think the academy did what the academy did with this one, and I think like. Do you know what I mean? If like the sands of time look at this, like people and it, and, it, and like there is there is like the other side of the coin that sometimes it is, and I think we're seeing it more and more now. Is like is and we we seen it this year. Like what well, we've got two kind of blockbuster movies nominated for best picture with Avatar: Way of Water and Top Gun: Maverick, and it's like there's an argument for that as well. Like sometimes, like I guess for the general public tuning into an award ceremony where it's like oh a load of films that had limited releases and are kind of like arty and wordy do you know what I mean like if it was a public vote I'm sure more people would be voting for Avatar and um, 100% and Top Gun over over Top Tar, Gun do you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah and it's, it's, it's again this is where like you say this is part of the issue with the Oscars thing with they've in, now we've introduced there could be up to ten nominees, which makes sense. But like, it doesn't really because it's kind of like the Avatar: Way of Water and Top Gun are nominated because they're popular films to bring interest to the Oscars. Ooh, but we all know what the outcome. Well, it'd be a massive surprise. But it just goes just to, again. It tells you exactly the way they're thinking with that Avatar because regardless of what you think of Avatar or James Cameron's not nominated for Best Director. And I mean, if you're going to... I mean, he's directed the shit out of that film because yeah. it's his passion project and regardless of what you think of the film or... So it is a bit of like a... Oh, stick Avatar in there. It's the, probably going to be the biggest grossing film ever and people love it, so people will be interested. But it's... It's, it's not... Because... <laughs> It's not nominated for best director. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> that is film. If anything, he's directed that film. Yes. <laughs> Certainly. I've you watched know? I've watched it. I've watched all four hours. I've watched all yeah, seven hours of it. And he fucking directs every single last second. Do you know what I mean? He's directed it for like thirteen years, the fucking um Exactly, yeah. He's he's been directing it a long time. <laughs> so best picture. Um it's literally the same nominees as Best Director, apart from we swap out City of God and we replace it with Seabiscuit, um, a film that is uh, has a Coppola connection with John Swartzman, who was the uh, cinematographer mm-hmm. of that movie. He was also in this year nominated for yeah Best Cinematography, which I believe he lost out on two. Yeah. Uh, master and commander so uh, we know we know the answer to this one best picture mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings yeah Return of the King. and I guess 
not really much more to say on this that we haven't said with best director. Right? It's kind of like it was. It was. But that's it. That is a mad. Again, that's a real Oscars thing to do. Is to replace City of so City of God's not nominated for Best Picture, no, no. But Sea Biscuit is. Yeah. It's just again, it's just a strange like it's what they is their thing, but you do go. Uh, so it's never going to win Best Director. So we'll we'll acknowledge the fact that it's a great film, but not fucking nominated for Best Picture. You're having a laugh. Well, that's I think Sea Biscuit. Yeah, which is fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of... Yeah, that's it. It's just a... It's fine. It's a fine, it's like... A, it's, it's Sunday It's a nice horse film. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely yeah. horse stuff. Yeah, Toby Maguire's fine, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> is it a better... Is it a better film than City of God? Is it? Fuck. No. But... If, if, I'm, if I'm weighing up the two, City of God's going on every time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to see fucking... Knock out, knock out Ned. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to see fucking Seabiscuit trouncing around the gap. No, thank yeah, no. you. No, thank no. you. Um, well, yeah, that leads us on to Best Original Screenplay, which the nominees are, in America, Jim Sheridan, uh, Naomi Sheridan, and Kirsten Sheridan. Finding Nemo, Andrew Statton, Bill Peterson, and David Reynolds. Dirty Pretty Things, Stephen Knight. The Barbarian Invasions, Denise Ackenard and Sophia Coppola. With Lost in Translation. I'm going to play you who won that award. Thank you. I, I, I can't believe I'm standing here. Thank you. Thank you to the Academy for giving me this honor. Thank you to my dad for everything he taught me. Thank you to my brother Roman and all my friends who were there for me when I was stuck at 12 pages and encouraged me to keep writing. And, um, and the filmmakers whose movies, oh, I have to breathe. Um, the filmmakers whose movies inspired me when I was writing this script, Antonioni and Wong Kar Wai and Bob Fosse and Godard and all the others. Um, and every writer needs a muse. Mine was Bill Murray. Um, thanks to my mom for always encouraging us to try to make art and thank you to Bart and Ross for helping make my script into a movie and thank you to everyone at Focus. Thank you. That was Sophia Coppola. Um, which like, I don't, what did you think of the, I kind of, I kind of endeared to her speech. Do you know what I mean? The fact that she starts like just listing directors that she's like, inspired by and like especially after yeah <laughs> after watching all that jazz i kind of like feel like i need to go on a bit of a bob fossey jag do you know what i mean i'm like only did only did a handful of movies yeah. but like they all look interesting so did cabaret hmm. lenny which is like uh, a lenny bruce yeah. biopic with dustin hoffman dustin hoffman yeah because i see i have seen lenny i didn't know that's who directed it but i have seen lenny and he did Star 80 yeah. as well, like, um, like, yeah, which is, again, I think, like, a true story. It was recently discussed on the uh, Video Archives podcast, and I like Tarantino is a big fan of Star 80, like, kind of later Bob Fosse movie. But, like, um, yeah, I, lo I, lo I love that she kind of lists that, and, like, obviously, thanks to the family. Like, in the footage of that, you see, like, Nick Cage proper, like, whooping and cheering, 
you see Francis like really kind of like proud like Romans there so yeah it's a beautiful it's a beautiful sight to see um with those nominations do you think that Sofia Coppola obviously you said you're slightly lukewarm on Lost in Translation but compared to the films that it's up against do you think it's a, a worthy win Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm not... Uh, lukewarm, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's fair. And I, it's nice to see... Not less of a, but a smaller film win stuff, you know? So it is... Um, does it, no, it is... It is it, I'm just not as up on it as a lot of some people are. But I, I, I do respect it and like it. So, yeah, I think that's a fair win. And I... I'm on board with it. Nice, nice. Well, let's move on to the year after. At the one second, the nine. Oh no, uh, no, we're going a year back, baby. We're not going forward. We're going back in time to yeah. the 75th Academy Awards, which took place on the 23rd of March, 2003 at the Kodak Theatre in Hollywood, Los Angeles, and was hosted for a second time by an absolute icon, Steve Martin. And the film we are here to talk about with this uh, Academy Awards is Adaptation, directed by Spike Jones and written by Charlie and Donald Kaufman something that we'll get onto shortly the film that was most nominated at these awards was chicago with 30 nominations uh, um i'll hold off on which one the most awards but yeah uh adaptation was nominated for four academy awards and won one the categories in which it was nominated were best supporting actress for meryl streep best supporting actor for Christopher Cooper or Chris Cooper, best adapted screenplay for Charlie and Donald Kaufman, and best actor for Nicolas Cage. Which category would you like to dive into first, Will? Supporting actor. Supporting actor. So the nominees in this category are Christopher Walken in Catch Me If You Can, Paul Newman in Road to Perdition. John C. Riley in Chicago, Ed Harris in The Hours, and Chris Cooper in Adaptation. Who do you think won? Chris Cooper. Take this in for one second. <clears throat> From the Academy to the womb that bore me, thank you. And to all the nominees, it's a pleasure to be thought in your same company. Um, to all the people in adaptation who helped to make this the most enjoyable job I ever had, thank you. Charlie Kaufman, Spike Jones, Nicholas Cage, the fabulous, beautiful, wonderful Meryl Streep. Working with this woman was like making great jazz. And you had a lot to do with this, so thank you. To my wife, Marianne, you took on all the burden. Thank you. And uh, 
In light of all the troubles in this world, I wish us all peace. Thank you. So, with that list of nominees, Will, do you think that Chris Cooper was the worthy winner? Considering, like, the, the role of John LaRoche, it's a weird one, right? It's kind of like, he plays this misanthropic, like, I don't know, like, horticultural smuggler, essentially. And it's kind of like, it's not your archetypal Oscar Oscar nomination, oh. is it? And it's a, it's a weird film in itself. It kind of feels... The film itself feels anti-Hollywood. It kind of pokes fun at Hollywood itself, the conventions of Hollywood filmmaking, the 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 whole process of making a film, like it portrays kind of executives in poor light. It kind of feels crazy that the film was even nominated for any Oscars at all. Yeah, and I, I didn't... I should, probably should have looked. I wonder... Chris Cooper, I do wonder if it's, and I'm not, this isn't denigrating his performance or anything at all, but I do wonder if he's maybe done other stuff before this that maybe should have been nominated or he maybe should have won for. Because, like you say, it is a strange win when you consider also, not a strange win in the sense of not deserving, but a strange win when you consider some of those names that are also he's up against. Walken, Harris... They, 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 you know, their names, and almost catch me if you can. Seems like a an Oscar winner for Walken because he's the, you know, his character in that seems like a bit of an Oscar win. Yeah, well, he's basically, yeah, it, he's basically I, like the surrogate for 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 Spielberg's yeah. dad within that film. Do you know what I mean? Like the kind of like the, yeah, so. It, the archetypal throughout it's, his it's, career, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it that seems like the win, and it's Christopher Walken. Well, so I, yeah, lovely that you, Chris Cooper won, and it, it's great to see it. But I do wonder if it was again one of these situations where it was a bit of oh, it's Chris Chris Cooper's year because we didn't give it to him for that. I don't know. Well, he's, I no, like, look at, look, looking, he's never, he was never nominated before this. This was his first nomination and he, he, he won it. And like looking at the nominations he got, it's staggering. Like he is nominated like, I don't know, upwards of 15 times at different kind of like, do you know what I mean? Like BAFTAs, Chicago, like, do you know what I mean? Like, all the different film societies, like, he's nominated across the board. Like, this is his mm. most heavily nominated role. And I, I don't know, man. Like, I think it mm. is, is deserved because he inhabits that, he inhabits that character fully. Like, you, like, watching that movie, like, especially the John LaRoche sections, you almost feel like you're watching a documentary. Like, he feels like he is mm. that guy. Like, and I can't really speak much to some of the other, not like, yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen, I've seen yeah, Catch a, Me If You Can. Yeah, that that feels like a shoe yeah. in. But I'm glad that this was the one that That's kind of got the boat. Like, this is like, obviously Spike yeah, Jones yeah, on his second movie, like, got this performance out of um, hmm. Chris Cooper. It's like, yeah, come on, let's fucking do this. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I absolutely deserve it. It's just... It's one of those, it's almost an anomaly where 
it's surprising he won. Mm-hmm. Not that he didn't deserve it, but when, yeah, you Walkins and that, it, it, it's a lovely surprise because absolutely deserving. But yeah, not the shoe-in you'd expect. Definitely, definitely not what you'd expect. Um, well, from from a kind of Oscar surprise, let's go to a kind of, I don't know, somebody who might seem like an Oscar shoe-in, and that is the Best Supporting mm. Actress category, which the nominees are Catherine Zeta-Jones for Chicago, Kathy Bates in About Schmidt, Queen Latifah in Chicago, Julianne Moore in The Hours, and Meryl Streep for Adaptation. Who do you think won this category? Uh, Vita Jones, Chicago. Yes. So Chicago was the big winner this night and won six total awards, including Best Picture, which we can talk about because... Uh, adaptation wasn't nominated for best picture so yeah so Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah as Velma Kelly won best supporting actress which I don't know I've never seen Chicago for the same reasons why you've never watched all that jazz I just don't feel like it would be my cup of tea but as I've learnt with musicals they seem to be more and more my cup of tea so maybe I will give it a go at some point (laughs) yeah I mean I'm happy with Cassidy Jones winning. Get a bit, of, get a bit of Welsh up there, innit? Yeah, yeah, of you course. Know? Darling buds of May. Get a bit of, to, 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 to get the a bit of Welsh Awards, up there. baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I do seem to remember, I might be wrong, that um, her Welsh accent wasn't as strong as it used to be. <laughs> she seemed to have developed a little bit of an LA accent. Not very Welshy, but still. Yeah, darling, but to me, Cassidy Jones, she's a bit of a Welsh legend. Oh, or was. Like, yeah, great. So, which, like, let's go to um, Best Adapted Screenplay, which the nominees for this are David Hare for The Hours, Bill Condon for Chicago, uh, Peter Hedges, Chris Weir, and Paul Whites. I uh, know, Chris Whites and Paul Whites for About a Boy. Uh, Ronald Harwood for The Pianist and Charlie and Donald Kaufman for Adaptation. Which film do you think won this category? Pianist. The Pianist, yes. A film... (laughs) Something we were talking about earlier, when when I said in that intro about going into murky waters, this is a year where uh, The Pianist, yeah, Wins a hat, like wins several Oscars, including Best Director for renowned paedophile Roman Polanski. Um, like, what's your kind of like? I feel like it's the time to kind of, yeah. What what are your like feelings on that? Because this is this is this is this is this is this is the murkiest of waters. I think we're going to get to in this this conversation. Like, should he have been should he have been nominated in the fucking first place for this like, where where do we start where do we start like, the art versus well, the it, artist question isn't it? it exactly this is it it's very murky waters isn't it no probably not is where I stand no he probably should never be nominated he certainly wasn't and, there 
yeah i mean like if he was nominated which he was if you can't if like if if you physically are not allowed in the country do you know what i mean like it is like do you know what i mean it's 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 an american institution do you know what i mean the academy of motion pictures and science uh the motion motion arts and sciences is a fucking american institution do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, if 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 someone you are nominating is not even allowed in your fucking country because they are wanted on like paedophilia like charges, should they fucking be nominated for an award? Like, it's fucking like, it's bizarre. No, and also it is bizarre. Also, like to to nominate him is a move. So then for him to win, that's something else, you know? And uh, no, he shouldn't have been nominated. No, he certainly shouldn't have won and been congratulated. And because it's mental, because it, it's the <laughs> the Roman Polanski Award for being Roman Polanski, which you absolutely shouldn't have an award for. Yeah. yeah. Because... Uh, uh, I haven't seen. I can't remember if I've seen the pianist or not. But it's. It yeah, is, I don't it know. Is, it is. It is an Oscars. It's a suffering movie. Well, this is. It's this is it. This is the. It's a, it's a it, Holocaust movie. It's like a. Mm. Do you know what I mean in the in the kind of bombing out of like it's this Polish immigrant like he loses everything but he's this beautiful pianist like it's kind of like it is it's pure oscar bait yeah 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 100 percent. it's a biography as but well unfortunately, like yeah but it's made by a massive pedophile which is a problem yeah whether it's oscar bait or not you know yeah it's difficult it's very very difficult yes Yes, so that was that was adapted screenplay. So let's let's move on to the final of the four nominations, uh, which is best actor, and the the nominees for best actor is a fucking like a real tough category we've got right here. So we have Michael Caine for the Quiet American, Daniel Day Lewis for Gangs of New York. Nicholas Cage for adaptation, Jack Nicholson for About Schmidt, and Adrian Brody for The Pianist. <laughs> what has the guess? Well, I because I, I remember I, I know this is this is Adrian Brody. Yes. And what that's a, there's some big names there. That's a that's a hell of a category. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't want to speak, you know, but yeah, they're all banging performances. But I mean, Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, it's a big performance. Daniel Day performance in that film. Big. Is it a, is it an amazing performance or is it a big performance? I I, I don't know. I mean, I love it, but ugh. but then. I think Nicholas Cage. Though, Adrian Bro. Nicholas Cage. Well, this is double it. Double duty. Like it, it should. No, it, it absolutely should have been Nicholas Cage. Yeah. 
I think, because uh, I think Adrian Brody is uniformly shite in most things. So, Nicolas Cage, it makes sense that Nicolas Cage should have won that. But again, we're so fuck knows why. But it's the pianist's year. Yeah, like, which seems like, as we've discussed, seems mental. But well, like when it's you, an Oscar film. When you watch adaptation, like you buy into those two different roles entirely. Mm. Cage performs them, even if it's subtly, so kind of perfectly, and they're like perfectly tuned. And like again, if they like the process of it, the kind of sheer like movie making magic that went into like him acting against himself in like prolonged scenes and stuff like that. It's fucking great. And it, it, again, it, it, it's seamless. It's just kind of like to look at it, it's seamless and kind of performance wise in, in, in the scenes where both Charlie and Donald are there, they are, they are clearly defined distinct characters. And I think that comes through in Nicolas Cage's performance. 100%. And it- Again, this category smacks of he's had one. Nicholas Cage has already had one. It's Asian Brody's turn because it's the pianist year. And it's... I, I can't remember if I've seen the pianist or not, so I can't I, I can't talk for Asian Brody's performance. But I mean, I can't imagine him being as great as Nicholas Cage is or Jack Nicholson for that matter in a Schmidt because Jack Nicholson is fucking great in a Schmidt. Like, so good, but they all had one, you know? So, we all know, like, how, unfortunately, the Oscar campaigning and that works, and I'm sure there was a big push for Adrian Brody, maybe. We lost loads of weight. He suffered. He did. He suffered. If anything came to put on weight to play Charlie and Donald Trump. I am sure this is also... Well, it must be because Adrian Brody's he's only ever won this, hasn't he? Is this the year he? Well, it must be. Yeah, he walked up and unscripted snogged Halle Berry. I want to say. Oh, I am now, not entirely sure on that. I would, yeah, and I am pretty sure this is. Ew, I'm pretty sure this happened, and I'm pretty sure. It was not a good year for the Oscars because you had Roman Polanski, a paedophile winning Best Director, and then Adrian Brody running up and just out of nowhere. It makes sense. Nogging Halle Berry. Yeah, Halle Berry did present, sure did that, present that award that year. So, so, so that yeah, so yeah. And I, I'm sure it, it wasn't like a kiss. He did the whole, and it, I'm sh- <laughs> If you're going to, I think he's, he made reference to it, what other opportunity you get to do something like this? And you're like, that's weird. He's obviously, he's obviously learned from the fucking, the, the, the playbook yeah, of Roland yeah. Polanski. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 maybe I should have double checked that, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he unscripted just went up and planted one on Halle Berry. Like lean back the full works, Hollywood snog like. So yeah, I don't think it was a great year for that win and those choices. So yeah. But yeah, it's, it should have been Nicholas Cage. The one thing with um Adrian Brody is he holds 
at, at the time the record of the youngest person to win uh, best actor who's 29 years old at the time yeah so not that we can put aside the fact that he was in a film directed by a pedophile and he took his he chance to deal. smooch Halle Berry on stage like <laughs> un- with no concern yeah uh, but he was 29 yeah years old. <laughs> Still old oh, enough well. to know better than to than to fucking just <laughs> yeah. just uh, uninvited smooch a woman uh, because she's in front of on him. yeah on on international TV for yeah for the story yeah. for the japes um, well that rounds off the seventy fifth Academy Awards so let's take our time back to the 47th Academy Awards, which was in April 1975, April the 8th, at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles, California, and was hosted by Song and Dance Man, one that yeah, the one that everybody knows. Uh, well, the ceremony is preceded by multiple people, including Bob Hope, Shirley MacLaine, Sammy Davis Jr., and one and only Frank Sinatra. The film that was nominated the most at this Academy Awards was a split bill, and I imagine there was a very happy man at this uh, Academy Awards because the two films with the most nominations are Chinatown, a film directed by notorious pedophile Roman Polanski, and The Godfather, part two, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. But the man who would have been really happy about these two films being nominated was the one, the only, the crown prince of Paramount Pictures, Mr. Robert Evans, somebody who had a hand in both of these films as the um it's the, the 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 chief executive of paramount pictures at the time the kind of the, the head honcho um so francis ford coppola had two films at these academy awards they were obviously the godfather part two and the conversation so the conversation was nominated for three academy awards whilst as i said the godfather was nominated for 11 um what do we want to well let's go with the conversation first with two of the nominations that don't conflict with the godfather so that is sound shall we litigate the sound category first will yeah let's so best sound so we have earthquake Chinatown, The Conversation, Towering Inferno, and Young Frankenstein. Which of these films do you think won the category? I want to say The Conversation, but I'm going to say... No, I'm going to say The Conversation. Unfortunately not. It was Earthquake. Mm -hmm. I was going to say Earthquake, but I thought that would be ridiculous. But then I suppose Earthquakes do make a lot of sound. But I think, like, 
the conversation is a groundbreaking film itself. Like the the stuff that Walter Murch does on that movie, and the fact that the film itself is about sound, is about audio recordings, and like yeah, kind of film. I I I believe it is the film where sound editor was created. Like that was the film okay. where like the sound editor role was created and like, yeah, he used Walter Murch to just like do his magic with the sound of that film, which is like fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a work of art. Like, and especially like, I don't know, let's be honest. Earthquake is a film I've never heard of. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I think, yeah. I think the, the test of time, gives it to, to the conversation 100% I mean I think what's happened there is they've confused sound with loud noisy let's go noisy yeah yeah that's what's happened there because they are noisy earthquakes they are they are they are very 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 noisy <laughs> so best original screenplay the nominees are Robert Town the Chinatown uh, Robert Gretchel for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Francis Ford Coppola for The Conversation, uh, Francois Truffaut, Susan Schiffman, and Jean-Louis Richard for Day and Night, and Paul Marakuski and John Greenfield for Harry and Tonto. Which film do you think won this category, Will? Um, uh, Harry and Tonto. Why? Because I've never heard of it. Film that won was Robert Town of Chinatown. Was it? I I should have said Chinatown, but I just wanted to say Harry and Tonto. What is Harry and Tonto? I have. Uh, so from Do a, you know? No, no. From the tertiary look is a no. 1974 road movie. Uh, yeah, it features Art Carney as Harry in an Oscar-winning performance. So there you go. Oh, I might have spoiled a category later on. <laughs> okay. So there you go. So is it? Yeah, I have spoiled a category later on. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, no. So I think Chinatown, like. Do you know what I mean Robert Town is well the fact that Francis Ford Coppola got Robert Town to help him write a scene in mm. The Godfather, you know, like the the conversation between Michael and the Don when the Michael was getting up when, yeah, yeah. when the Don's getting old. It's written by Robert Town. And I think like Robert Town is like kind of a legend within screenwriting. So like it kind of it kind of makes sense. Like that, it makes sense. That, that, that one. Um Let's get into The Godfather Part 2, which, again, yeah, I said, a staggering 11 nominations. Uh, one of them is three nominees in one category, but the categories we have are Best Original Song, Costume Design, Art Direction, Adapted Screenplay, Supporting Actress, Supporting Actor times three, ac- uh, Best Actor, Best Director, and Best Picture. Which category would you like to delve into first? Costume design. Costume design. Let's have a little look. So, best costume design. 
the nominees are The Great Gatsby, a film that was written by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Chinatown, Daisy Miller, Godfather Part 2, and Murder on the Orient Express. Which, which film do you think won? Um, Murder on the Orient Express. It was The Great Gatsby. Oh, f- yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sharp pe- dress, isn't it? They? It's period set. Kind of ticks the boxes. Yeah, of course it was. We'll rattle through some of these because, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to get through. Which one would you like to go for next, Will? Art Direction. Art Direction. Let's have a little look at Best Art Direction. So, Best Art Direction, the nominees are Towering Inferno, The Island on Top of the World, uh, Earthquake, Chinatown, and The Godfather Part 2. Which film do you think won? The Godfather Part 2. Yes, it did. Our main man, Dean Tavalaris and Angelo P. Graham, uh, yeah, won that award, which, yeah, the art direction in <laughs> Godfather Part 2 is fantastic. Just the kind of, like, the way that the rooms are dressed, the way that the kind of it all looks is fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Like, when we get to Lee Strasberg's like, house, when him and Michael have that, like, conversation where they're sat really close and, like, watching the American football, it's just like, yeah, all the Cuba stuff, it just looks perfect. Like, it, it makes total fucking sense. Uh, what are we going for next? Are we going for original song, adapted screenplay, supporting actress, actor, supporting actor, director, or best picture? Original song. Original song. So, <laughs> original song for this. Um, yeah, best original dramatic score, or be- best song. Uh, the nominees are no, so sorry, best original dramatic score, which was nominated for. So the um, the nominees are the Towering Inferno, John Williams, Shanks by Alex North, Murder to the Orient Expense, Richard Rodney Bennett, Jerry Goldsmith for Chinatown, and Nina Rota. And Carmine Coppola for The Godfather Part 1. Godfather Part 2. I wish that Nina Rota were here. I'm sure he would have been as happy as I am and even happier. We worked very nicely together. He's a splendid musician, a wonderful friend, a good gentleman. I want to thank my son, Francis Ford Coppola, for being up here because without him I wouldn't be here. However... If, if I wasn't here, he wouldn't be here either, right? Think about the score to The Godfather. It's iconic, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's an all-timer, isn't it? Yeah, it stands. You know? It stands the test of bloody time. Um, yeah. Let's dive into now Best Supporting Actress. So the nominees for this category are 
Ingrid Bergman for Murder on the Orient Express. Valentina Corsetti for Day and Night. Uh, Madeline Kahn for Blazing Saddles. Diane Ladd for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. And Talia Shire for The Godfather Part 2. Who do you think in this category? I'm surprised to see a Blazing Saddles nomination in there. Yeah. <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, Diane Ladd. No, it was Ingrid Bergman for Mary. Okay. I think if any of the Godfather films, Talia Shire should have been nominated, it's definitely part two. I think she definitely like steps up and like it's really interesting in that film. Like, especially like her kind of begging Michael with the whole Fredo situation and stuff. Yeah, she's really powerful in that film. Like, I I think that's a Hmm. that's definitely a, a deserved uh deserved yeah uh nomination at least uh which 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 category would you like to go for next will let's go let's go director best director so the nominees are john cassavetes for a woman under the influence bob fossey for lenny roman polanski for chinatown Francois Truffaut for Day and Night and Francis Ford Coppola Godfather Part 2 What are you going for? It's Francis, isn't it? I almost won this a couple of years ago for the first half of the same picture That's not why we did Godfather Part 2, however Uh, It was Charlie Bluthorn's idea and when I heard it I said at first, my God, to do a sequel to The Godfather is a surefire way to fail and blow everything I was lucky enough to get up to that point. And then I went home and I thought about it and I realized that because it maybe was such an easy way to fail, which was probably the best reason to try to tackle what seems so impossible. And uh, it's, uh, I'm really happy I did. I, I just want to thank uh, Gordy Willis, who was the photographer, who did a beautiful job. And Barry Malkin, Barry Malkin, Richie Marks, and Peter Zinner, who cut the picture, who, who, uh, who all contributed, and Walter Murch, who did the sound. Thank you so much. And thanks for giving my dad an Oscar. Thank you. So there we go. That's, uh, yeah, that's Francis Ford Coppola, best director. A deserved win, right? Like, yeah. To pull those performances yeah. out of the bag. Like, It's fantastic. Yeah, it's an incredible film. And yeah, it had to be, didn't it? It had to bloody be. So let's go through the rest. So what do you want to go for? We spoiled Best Actor. So should we get to that one? I spoiled it. Not we. Yeah, let's, yeah. So well, no, I, 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 I kind of. Goaded me into it. You goaded me into it. I did. I goaded you into it. This is a real upset because this is, yeah, Art Carney who won for Harry and Tonto, uh, Albert Finney for Murder on the Orient Express, Dustin Hoffman in Lenny, Jack Nicholson in Chinatown, and Al Pacino for The Godfather Part 2. Now, this seems mental that, because I've never, never heard of Harry and Tonto. Like I've, I've never, never seen it, the reason about it. 
But I do wonder if this is one of those weird things that happen occasionally where the vote is like split mm-hmm. Nicholson Pacino. So you go, I don't know who to vote for, so I'm not vote for either. And we end up with the situation we've got now. Because I've never, I, I like I say, I, I don't know. I, it may be an incredible performance in an, a great film. I don't know. But when you look at the iconic performance of Nicholson and Pacino, the fact that neither of those won just seems to me it's one of those odd split vote dis- decisions. I think I think it was this either the fact that Al Pacino didn't get a nomination for the first one or the fact he didn't win this one. I remember like he like basically boycotted the Oscars for many years. Like basically like because of because of their kind of tomfoolery with this kind of stuff. And it's like it might have been like he's, he didn't get nominated for The Godfather Part One, if I'm correct in that. Um kind of which may be the reason he didn't win for this, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If he was being a bit shirty about the not so yeah, I but still with Nicholson in there for Chinatown as well, I just I don't know. Yeah, it's I, think I thought of... Harry and Tonto. So I, I know nothing about it. Oh no, he was nominated. He but yeah, he was nominated. It's a weird one. He was nominated Best Supporting for uh, The Godfather Part 1. Yeah, I think it was he, the fact he didn't win this one. He just didn't turn yeah, it. Okay. Like, he, like, I think the fact he did yeah, he just, <laughs> he's like, fuck this. Like, I, think that's, I think that's fair enough. Because I'd be, I mean, yeah, you've done The Godfather. I am Godfather. Bid it off. Yeah. Like absolute absolute fucking nightmare. Like what a what yeah. a, um let's get to an award that is yeah, split three ways, which is best supporting actor. So uh let's go to the actors that aren't in <laughs> aren't in the Godfather Part Two first. So we have Fred Astaire in Towering Inferno, Jeff Bridges in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, and then we have Michael V. Gazzo as Frank Pantangeli in The Godfather Part 2, Lee Strasberg as Hyman Roth, and Robert De Niro as Vito Corleone. Who do you think won this category? It's Bob in it. It's Bob Bob De Niro. It's Bob De Niro. Somebody who wasn't there at the awards. There's no speech from Bob De Niro for this. Uh, Francis went up and accepted it on his behalf, but it's like kind of, very quick and he just kind of goes like yeah Robert and he says something that is like really resonated to me is like Robert De Niro will shape films like like from this point on in the future and it's like he really fucking did you know what I mean like he's like uh the actor of his generation basically you know what I mean like him and him and Pacino are kind of up there as like the two guys and you look at that those three names, those awards there, De Niro, Pacino, and Nicholson. I mean, they're the fucking, they are the boys, aren't they? You know, they they really, they, that that set of those three there, amongst others, but those three, 
really did shake shit up and they are fucking incredible and it's easy to forget now like the youths who see Robert De Niro in films now they are fucking they were incredible mm-hmm. they are incredible they're, I'm sure they maybe got another not so much Nicholson because he's maybe they have got another banger of a performance in them don't know but that set of three actors there, fucking hell, <laughs> they can do a bit. Them, yeah, they've they've they've, they've got some real they've got some real muscle behind them. Um, so before we get to yeah, yeah. before we get to best pictures, we go to adapted screenplay first, which the nominees are yeah. Young Frankenstein, Murder on the Orient Express, Lenny. The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz uh, and The Godfather Part 2. Which film do you think won Best Adapted Screenplay? Uh, Part 2. Where's Francis? (laughs) Thank you very much. And I'd like to thank all the actors and actresses in The Godfather, both pictures all three godfathers for bringing the book alive as I imagine it might be on the screen. Thank you very much. Again, it's a weird one because it's a, it's adapted screenplay because it uses, well, it uses very little of the godfather novel. It kind of uses like in 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 the novel. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you this. Yeah. Because when I saw the list, I was. You're more knowledgeable on these matters than myself, and I was going to ask you because I was confused as to why it was adapted screenplay. Because it still uses elements from the Godfather novel, so like, right, all of the stuff of Young Vito. Is in the novel, right. so that's kind of peppered in throughout the novel. Whereas, and then all of the stuff moving forward with Michael is all new. So it's it's very slim the amount of stuff that mm. is. But I guess on a technicality, it is adapted because it it's still using like, yeah, like it's not completely original, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's that it's that. It's that it's that weird thing, right? It's like that whole thing of Johnny Greenwood not getting nominated for let the uh, let there be blood. Yeah, is it? There will there, there, will, there will be, be blood. blood. Let there be blood. There yeah, will be there blood. Will. <laughs> um, there will be. Yeah, where where it transpired that like a piece of music in that score had been used elsewhere or something like that. It's like very like I don't know, like predominantly most of that film and like is. Is entirely new from the minds of Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola. So, yeah, it's it's a technicality, but it's uh, it is it is what it is. Uh, on to the biggie, best picture. The nominees are Towering Inferno, Lenny again, Bob Fosse. Really, really pushing, really pushing. Like Jamie, you know I mean? he he kind of seems like a rival for. Uh, 
for Coppola in a way, but like I kind of like, like I don't know, yeah. making very different films. So I don't think they probably were rivals in any way. Um, uh, the Conversation, Francis Ford Coppola, Chinatown, Robert Evans as the producer, and The Godfather Part Two. Which film do you think? It's the Godfather Part Two, isn't it? It is indeed, my friend. It very much is indeed. Uh, which is fascinating because John Cazale is in five films in his entire career. And I think all but one won Best Picture. So, no, all but two. Is that because I know? Um, yeah, all but two. Yeah. So, the Deer Hunter one, Dog Day Afternoon one. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. The Godfather yeah. Part Two one, and one of the only reasons uh, the conversation didn't win is because it was beat by <laughs> the Godfather Part Two, and obviously, yeah, the Godfather. I oh, know. And the Godfather one. Yeah, that one best picture, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all but one of his yeah, films. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I thought the major upset was that year that uh Cabaret won. Again, a Bob Fosse movie. That was the that was the Fosse. Fucking Bob Fosse. The, Fosse. the fawn in Coppola's side. That's a mm. uh, I, I I feel a mini series coming on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Bossy Fosse. Coming after Fr- Frankie, um, yeah. So, yeah, all but one of the films that John Cazale is in, like one Best Picture. The only one that didn't is because it lost to a film that he's also in. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a good record, man. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a worthy Best Picture winner, right? It's, it's yeah, absolutely. absolutely. One of the best films ever made. It's just, it's yeah, and fucking fantastic. Not as fun as the first one, but it's a descent into hell with a character that is just kind of moving, beautiful, dark, and horrible, and great all at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. So that is all our coverage for the Academy Award wins and losses of the Coppola family for this year, Will. But before I let you go, I wanted to dive into a couple of things, first of which being is which Nicolas Cage film would you give him the Best Actor um, Award for? And which film that he is in would you give Best Picture? Before we get to your answer though uh i put this question out to twitter so let's have a little dive into those um would you like to go first with 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 one of the listener I suggestions can do a look. so we've got ben keeler at benedict keeler who has gone for Bringing out the dead for, yeah, bring out the dead for, I'm assuming, best picture and raising Arizona. 
Yes. No, Ben Kilo's gone for adaptation for best picture and bring out the dead best actor. Oh, yeah, sorry. So Best actor, yeah. So let me dive into one. So I've got Jordan M. King. So Jordan King has gone for Pig for both of them, which like feels like a film that should have been nominated for a fucking Academy Award, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, that is an absolute show because that would have been mine, but especially for Best Actor. It's a real shame that he wasn't nominated, at least nominated. Yeah, it's it's like borderline criminal, a travesty, a travesty. Some would say it is a travesty, mate. An it absolute, is an absolute, yeah. Uh, like, what is what is wrong with the academy? Like, <laughs> and it feels like, like we said before, it does feel like that. There was a lot of, there was a big push for that from people and also I was a bit of momentum about it and I, I did think from it this is going to happen we're going to get a it didn't I do think it's unfortunate I'm not saying that I think Nicholas Cage has always got it in him to have another shot at it's, it, I, I think he's got it in him to have that but it does feel like at this moment in the cage story it was the time to give him that nomination because he was fucking great in it 100 percent. it's a shame real shame yeah 100 percent. he should have he should have been nominated so let's have a look at so that would have been the year that would have been what the 2022 oscars like for the 2021 movies yeah so best actor oh that was last year's so uh it's true yeah yeah, so famously won by Will Smith, like mere half hour after smacking Chris Rock in the face. Chris Rock in the face. I think, like, so the other nominees in that are Javier Bardem, bringing, uh, being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch in Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom, and Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. I think you could swap out Javier Bardem, even if it's just a nomination, right? And I, I'll, I, I'll see, I'll see, I'll see quite a few of them. I don't think there's. I don't think Will Smith is great in. in a, it's a pretty fucking average film. Yeah. But it's an Oscar film, isn't it? It's like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think again we're in the situation where, regardless of the slap, and I think it was going to be Will Smith's year, so it is what it is. But I, I do think it was a real missed opportunity for the Academy, and yeah. this is really, and, really good. And Neon as well pushing it, like you. I think, yeah. I think it's, the, it's, 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 it's the studio as well pushing the film as well, right? And I guess if Neon mm. didn't didn't kind of make those calls and push him forward for it then it it wouldn't have happened so but yeah we, yeah we, i yeah I'm, I'm gonna lay it up front as well like instead of making people wait for my answer again yeah i think i think pig is 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 the film that he should have been nominated for best actor and possibly won and i think that yeah and i think that will be a lot of people's answer yeah and well, not because it, it is genuinely great well let, let let's find out do you want to pick another one to to, 
the list here. Yeah, let's see who else is a pig. I mean, like I say, again, uh, at Elolita has gone pig. There's a, I think pig's going to be a, a big one. It's a running theme, and rightly so. Yeah. So I'll go for uh, at Leo Rimmer 69. He's gone best actor, bad lieutenant, best picture. Andy, which I think, uh, yeah, that's that's your choices. I don't think the Academy would ever go for that, but you speak your truth, my man. Um, do you want to pick another one? Uh, yeah, go, 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 go. go yeah, at, at, at Volta1228 has gone best actor for Bringing Out the Dead and best picture Lord of War. Bringing Out the Dead, he's pretty good in that. I'm not sure Lord of War best picture. It's a fucking, it's a good film. But yeah, Bring Out the Dead. And it's Scorsese, so there was a shout for that. But, yeah. So, I will... Oh, the next one I'll pick is uh, Molly McGuinness, friend of the podcast. Um, best picture, Wild at Heart. She's put in parentheses. Moonstruck, close second. So, so it's just good for best picture. And best actor, leaving Las Vegas. Duh. Of course, like, leaving Las Vegas like feels like the one... I think it's a deserved win for that film. So, like, I've got to agree with that one. Uh, Who have we got next? So you got movies, films, and flicks. Again, best actor pig, best picture. So, yeah, it's pig. And I mean, yeah, like we said, should have been. Yeah, so who have we got up next on the docket? We have we have my, my dear friend Daryl Bear from the Southern Double Deep podcast has just put for for both of them Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I'll have that. I think I think <laughs> Nicolas Cage should have won best makeup for his behind the scenes makeup that he painted himself when he was the Ghost Rider, even though you never see it in the film. Yeah. Like if you've seen the behind the scenes footage of the makeup he did, yeah. it's fucking terrifying. And uh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that he was very much trolling me there, but Daryl, I love you, you crazy genius. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah, I gotta respect that. Um, who have you? What have you got next? We got Rodgers, James Rodriguez, uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and Best Actor again. It's pig. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid, solid show. Yeah, it is a solid show. And Spider Man and the Spider Verse. We haven't mentioned it. It's a fucking great film. And his Spider Man Noir is great. Well, the fact he's got like six lines in that movie or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like, and it, so it's such a round. Yeah, of course. Character. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it is a great film. But. I think, like you say, it's looking through now. It's pig, pig, and yeah, yeah. So next one I've got is, um, yeah, again, friend of the podcast, Helen Sadler at the Cat Film Fan. Uh, she's put best picture, Wild at Heart, best actor, adaptation. Again, I think yeah, adaptation really should have, really should have. He should have got something like, do you know what I mean? It's, 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 he's pulling double duty. God, he's got to get that. Give it. Yeah, for the films he was, for the, 
for the films he was nominated for, it's absolutely adaptation that was the the big miss, and he should have won. For the films he wasn't nominated for, and should have been, it's pig in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So who have we got next? Will you pick at least? We've got Carrie M with uh, Best Picture, Moonstruck, Best Actor, Bring Up the Dead, or The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the first answer there, Bring Out the Dead, which is a fantastic. Yeah. Film. I've I've like I'm really tempted. Big shout out to the Prince Charles Cinema. Two days after my birthday, which conveniently falls on payday, they are screening Bringing Out the Dead, which is the same day that Infinity Pool is released. And there is part of me who's like. I could do the ultimate double bill of bringing out the dead and hopping over to maybe like Picturehouse Central and catching like a later screening of Infinity Pool. Fucking, fucking my life up with watching a depressing film about a paramedic and what is sure to be one of the most fucked up films I'll see this year. <laughs> a heavy night, that is. Yeah. Fun, isn't it? How, how, what better yeah. way to celebrate 32? <laughs> nice, mate. Sold. So, who have we got next? Oh, no, it's me. It's me, isn't it? It's me. Uh, it's you. It's you. So, um, Nouveau Shamanic News at Stanley Goodspeed uh, SP12. A catchy at, if you ask me. Best Actor Adaptation, Best Picture, Raising Arizona. Again, two two great picks. Like, uh, Raising Arizona yes. is... Yes. Great. And yeah, then... You can't really argue. Like, straight after you've got... Yeah. It's a, it's, it, there's a running theme. Again, Bobby Gill has gone Best Actor Pig, Best Picture Lord of War. So, yeah. it it. I think Lord of War speaks a, to a lot of people. Like... It's, yeah, I'm surprised reading through these how many times Lord of War has popped up. Because it's not, it's not one I would have automatically yeah. gone for. Yeah, it's an interesting. Obviously, it's, it's, it speaks to other peeps. Uh, so, who have we got next? I've, there's, there's some people I really should have followed up with them with, come on, let's drill down to your actual picks. Um, so. I will go with, yeah, uh, at Aaron Filmwright 85 has just put Deadfall. So, yeah, I guess Deadfall for both. It's obviously trolling, but fuck it. So, who have we got? Who have we got next, Will? We got, we got, uh, Deadfall, we've just done that. Rodriguez, we've done that. Let's have a look. So we have. At Hugh Doherty. Hugh Doherty. Yeah. Yeah. Hugh Doherty. We've got Best Picture Raised in Arizona again and Best Actor Adaptation. So, yeah, another one. Another one bites the dust. Well, let me close it out with the last one, which is at Lally Nichols, Charlotte Nichols, who has Best Picture Mandy, Best Actor, uh, other than Leaving Las Vegas, Birdie which is like a really great performance. If you've never seen Birdie, it's like a real 
yeah, a real beautiful, tender film. Him and Matthew Modine are kind of perfect in that film. I think maybe if Birdie had been a couple of films down the line, I think he probably would have got nominated for it. But I think he was like it's almost one of those films that he was too early and too small a film to like get any traction. But I think if he'd had a bit of traction before Birdie came out, I think he probably would have been nominated. Well, it's mad as well. That's an Alan Parker film as well. That's I think that's like yeah. his, his film after Bugsy Malone. <laughs> it's like Yeah. It's like such yeah. a that's what I think again, like Alan Parker is a name that was so yeah, I, I just it was only from reading today I'd forgotten about Birdie, and then you. Were, I thought, oh yeah, I just think if it had been a couple of films down the line, it is kind of a performance that would have yeah got was, a bit of buzz yeah, and got that nomination, yeah. like like Brad Pitt, Twelve Monkeys. Do you know what I mean? He, uh-huh. he was on that cusp of where he was on the build up, and it's a smaller, I don't know, performance, but it would have made it's made sense that he's nominated. Because he's an actor on the rise, and yeah, so I think Birdie is a good shout. Definitely, definitely, like a, I don't know, like an odd shout, and I, I like it for that. And it's like yeah. it's, it's off the wall. It's like I think it's a, a massively underseen film uh, in the UK. You can you can pick up an amazing indicator release of that film. Uh, yeah, it's 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 one that. I, I, I'm I kind of jonesing to revisit on the podcast and kind of mm. revisit it with fresher eyes and kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, a bit more of a wiser voice in podcasting because obviously it was like one of, like the second episode I ever did. So like it probably, yeah. it, it sounds like shit and like, I was probably uninformed and idiotic on that episode. So yeah, expect a birdie episode at some point. Um, so we've both agreed that the role he should have won and been nominated for is Pig. What do you think is the best picture nomination or best picture win for Nicolas Cage? What is, yeah, arguably, what is the best film he has been in? Objectively, best film is, I mean, there's got to be a pig. I was a when you when you you hear the hype about something. I was a bit late to pick because it, it didn't show in the cinema where I am. So I was a bit like, is it going to be that good? But I sat and watched it and was genuinely blown away about how, how great it was. And I think, yeah, I the pig is a fucking. It's a real great film, really great film, and it's odd. It is an odd film. Yeah, I, at the moment, my head is saying pig, but actor and film. Yeah. But then also, yeah, I, he's made some objectively probably pig. Yeah. He wasn't nominated. Adaptation is an amazing film that probably should have won for his acting and best film, but I'm saying pig. Well, yeah. I, I, think, I think pig is the the massive like over overly like uh yeah like underestimated film of it of his career and i think 
And I think he's got he's got one he's got one in the chamber. I reckon. I reckon like especially on the role that he seems to be on now, like all the stuff he's got coming up is really interesting. It's amazing to see. Like I picked up the newest issue of Total Film this week, and it's Cage on the front cover, and like in the past 18 months like i've picked up three magazines with nicholas cage on the cover i don't think that has ever that has been the case for a long while do you know what i mean like and with i i do think he's back on a trajectory where he can do another he's always watchable but there's been, it's fair to say, a few years where there's a bit of a kitsch value to Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Where, and that, but I think the trajectory now from Pig, and he's still doing these fun roles, but I do think, like you say, he's going in the barrel where he's going to pull some of the bag, and he's, I think, yeah, I I, I think he's got it in him. I think we, we easily could have another nomination for it. If not, because se- if not several, because I think he's going to be an actor yeah. who is not going to bow out on his terms, is going to let let the industry retire him. He will stop working when people stop knocking at his door. I think his idols yeah. are like Christopher Lee, do you know what I mean? Who was like, I will yeah, be yeah. working up until like the fucking like heart monitor is beeping. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 until, until I'm flatlining, yeah. I'm still working. Like, And I think... It'll be great to see him, like, well, in his seventies, do it, like maybe getting like a late turn, Anthony Hopkins style nomination. Do you know what I mean? Like in in something or, yeah, the films he's got kind well, of on his docket at the moment seem to be going in the right direction as for like kind of films that are going to maybe if they're not Oscar nominated will lead to stuff that potentially is not that that is the be all and end all of, of everything. But I think like it's a better position than being the straight to VOD yeah. King. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there is that other, there is that element of like we've seen from just reading those tweets out and us talking about it, that there was the pig fuck up where there is a chance that you'll make a banger that gets a bit of traction, and there will be that, we should have fucking nominated Nicolas Cage, because he is Nicolas Cage, we should have nominated him for Pig. Do you know what I mean? And that, as we know, that does happen. So, yeah, I think he's, yeah, I think he's going to, he'll have his nomination, I think he'll have a win, because it's Nicolas Cage in it. Yeah, people love a success story. If he right? gets his, yeah, the like Nicholas Cage of... Award for being Nicholas Cage, and what's more perfect than that? <laughs> Lovely stuff for a film that he doesn't deserve it for. Do you know what I mean? It's been a sorry, yeah. sorry about the pig thing. <laughs> sorry about the pig thing. I bet now the Academy are looking back, going, "Oh fuck, Nicholas Cage would have slapped, would have slapped Chris Rock like we yeah. should have nominated him." Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, he would have just somersaulted on the stage and threw cash at people, but he absolutely would not have slapped no. Chris Rock. He would have been taking his T-shirt off to give it to Chris Rock like he does to Terry Wogan. Well, he's a lovely guy. Um, yeah. So as we as we go to say goodbye, 
of the films we've talked about tonight, which of yeah, which of these films would you say is the best picture? So is it adaptation? Is it leaving Las Vegas? Is it lost in translation? Is it Apocalypse Now? Is it The Godfather Part 2? Or is it The Conversation? Apocalypse Now. Yeah, Apocalypse Now. Because, like I said, I watched it again on a big screen and it fucking blew me away how good that film is. And it's kind of a travesty that it didn't get the recognition if it as we're talking about Oscars in the Oscars it didn't get the recognition it rightly deserved and lost to a film that no one wants to watch <laughs> there is probably Kramer versus Kramer heads pulling their hair out right now but what I say to you is well swivel on it yeah right. <laughs> who's having a better time me watching Apocalypse Now or you watching Kramer versus Kramer? I know it's me. So <laughs> that's that. So based on the successes that the Coplers have had at the Academy Awards that we spoke about tonight, are they the greatest film family of all time, Will? Yeah, of course they are. I mean, it's banger after banger, isn't it? Uh, it is wall to wall. Bangers. They do things by halves, do they? They're, they're pretty. They're pretty. Decent. Yeah, fuck well. They're pretty decent. So that is all we have for our Oscars coverage. Our Coplers and the Academy's special for 2023 is in the bank. Thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Will, for coming and joining me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Couldn't have thought of spending. The Academy Awards with anybody else. Thanks, mate. Same goes for you. Lovely stuff. So where can people find you, Will? Like, what what, what, what do you have going on? What can people find that you are doing at the moment? Where's the best place to keep up to date with things that you're doing in the future? Um, I'm, Same Twitter, while it's still alive. If it's still alive when this goes out if it hasn't burned to the ground Twitter at Will Chich I am on Instagram at Bill Chich I'm terrible at it but I'm on there so yeah but Twitter mainly doing bits she's doing bits um, as ever I am on all the social media platforms that is Twitter Instagram Facebook Letterbox and TikTok all at Caged in Pod where you can yeah you can find all the good stuff and as for email you can email me at caged in pod at gmail.com if you want to know, confess your love to me have a long formed little chat if you feel like we have besmirched a film that you love in our conversation if you feel any differently to me and will please don't hesitate to get in touch at the socials or on the email and as for next week on the podcast well you will have to tune in to hear what fantastic stuff we have coming up. I've got some amazing guests coming up for you with some great films, some not so great films, and some downright bad films. Um, and if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash caged in pod 
where you can get all types of greatness and a soon to come mini series from myself and today's guest will chitch where we will be doing something we're not going to tell you what it is yet you'll have to you have to find out but yeah for five pound patreons you'll be able to get a great new mini series which will be a lot of fun if you don't want to give me your money that is absolutely fine you can support the podcast by heading over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now and leaving a five-star rating and review. Remember, as always, in your review, let me know. What does Bill Murray say to Scott Johansson at the end of Lost in Translation? So, guys, as ever, I've been Petrus Patsilovus, your guide through the crazy world of the Coppola family tree. Remember to keep it caged in, and I'll catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drooptown Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.